The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The most important thing about your business could be how your products are packaged. Packaging is the signature that you leave everywhere, and it speaks volumes about who you are and what you do. This is Ditch the Box with David Marinak. In today's show, we'll talk about marketing, increased sales, and how it relates to product packaging. Have you explored alternatives like flexible packaging? You should. It can save your company a bundle. Now, here is David Marinak. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Ditch the Box, the marketing slash flexible retail packaging slash how to build your brand radio show. I'm David Marinak, your host. As you know, our show is about marketing and flexible retail packaging with a few other related topics in between, such as how to build your brand, dealing with major retailers, and even supply chain. Today's guest is Stuart Press. Stuart is president of Next Level Food Summits. The Next Level Food Summits are the leaders in global strategic business summits strategically catering to the growing food industry, offering high-caliber one-to-one pre-scheduled focused private meetings, along with world-class cutting-edge conference programs, master classes, thought leader seminars, roundtable discussions, and executive network functions, networking functions. Next Level Summits affords top-level executives the opportunity to enhance their knowledge and gain competitive market advantage. Held over two days, these summits are the most cost-effective and efficient way for companies and executives to learn, network, and engage. Now, a little bit about Stuart. Stuart has been organizing high-level business events for the past 20 years. His clients include some of the industry's most sought-after leaders from around the globe. His passion for delivering quality programs for his clients has been a consistent pattern as he is one of the top-level executives in the industry that still remains active on a daily basis with the programs he takes to the market. He ensures all of his clients receive the best possible outcome at each event. His success and his company's success can be measured by the fact that they have one of the highest rates of renewals in the industry. Stuart Press, welcome to the show, my friend. Hi, Dave. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. So take us, we're going to look back a little bit like we do with most of our guests where we kind of go back into learning a little bit more about you behind the scenes. Um, so we're like, we, we, so we want to learn a little bit more about Stuart, Stuart Press. So you live in Toronto, born and raised there. Tell us a little bit more about your, your background. Yeah, I live in Toronto, been in Toronto for 30 years. I'm not born and raised in Toronto. I'm originally from uh, Montreal. Got it. I uh, was born there, uh, left to go to university, uh, do my third year and final year of university in Carleton in, uh, in Ottawa. Ontario. Uh, after I graduated, made my way down the 401 to uh, Toronto, and uh, never looked back. <laughs> so most now the educational system in, in Canada is a little bit different than the U.S. because I, I have some friends that live out and, and actually outside of Toronto and Winnipeg, and um, and, and the, you've got this. You've got Carleton University. You've got Concordia University. Is that? Is it kind of like that that competitive, or is it? I don't understand quite how it works, but but everybody kind of you know you pick and choose like you do in the states here, right? 
Uh, we do. It's not as competitive. Uh, there's not as many, uh, obviously, Ivy League uh, choices. Uh, you're probably looking at about uh, you know one or two good uh, schools in each in each province. Right. Uh, like Montreal, there was uh, Concordia and McGill. Uh, I ended up going to Concordia, and that was basically due to the time at uh, you know on the marking system and course uh, choices. Got it. And then uh, went over to, uh, to to Carleton. Now, were you? What were you? Was it basic studies? Were you looking? Were you going after the marketing side of things? Were you? Were you focusing on anything in particular at that point? Uh, at that point, my uh, my my desire was to go into uh, law. And, uh, you know, I just uh, decided uh, that uh, law wasn't the, the path I wanted to take. I graduated with a, uh, with a Bachelor of Arts uh, in undergraduate uh, law and then basically uh, just uh, went into, into the business world. You know, it's interesting. We have a we have a 17-year-old, so next year she's going to be really making a decision on college. And I know this is a total segue, but um, she also had mentioned that she wants to get into law. And I kind of, and it, hey, if you do, great. God bless, you know, go down that direction. But we find so many people that start out with law and, and rarely kind of finish with the law. It's, it's special people kind of get into that world. And um, I, like you, thought of it at one particular point and went, nah. I don't think so. Um, I don't know about you, but it was just too dry and too boring for me. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny. Uh, I have a 22-year-old daughter. She'll be 23 uh, next month, and I have a son that's 26. Uh, my daughter wanted to uh, to do law as well and just uh, graduated university and decided that law wasn't the uh, the path to take. Um, typically, what I tell people is, you know, especially the way the, uh, the Canadian market looks, uh, university is great if you're going on to uh, further studies uh, to right. become a professional. If right. not, uh, the college road is probably the best. It gives you more uh, adaptable skills to be able to get into the workforce. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and again, in this day and age, it's not like when we were kids, but in this day and age, you may bounce around in a couple of different industries, not just jobs, but completely different industries. And it's a good tie-in to um, you know, how you found your way over to Marcus Evans. So tell us about Marcus Evans and, and a little bit of what you did there, because they're a pretty big player. Uh, Marcus Evans is a big player. Uh, I got into this industry by, by sheer uh, chance. Uh, my wife, actually, uh, who I've been married to for, for 28 years uh, earlier the last month, uh, she actually just uh, found an advert in, in a newspaper. Uh, I was doing my own thing before that. It wasn't in, in this industry. It was outside of the industry completely. Uh, I was looking for a, uh, you know, for, for a business development executive uh, with a global player. Uh, I went down, interviewed, uh, got the job, um, ended up uh, working uh, for them for, for for over five years, I worked my way up to the uh, to the general manager uh, status. Uh, they are a global player. They uh, they they do have a significant uh, foot foothold in in various markets. Uh, they're they're a different industry. I, I did learn a lot with them. Uh, you know, taking me back to originally. I mean, I, uh, when I started with them, it was in the in the conference uh, field. Right. Uh, conferences are still a part of uh, you know networking. Uh, segments of, of business, but we we actually took uh, took conferencing to a different level uh, over the years. Yeah, it looked like they kind of. You're right. They have they have a little piece of their business was that conferencing, but they also kind of really tied into there's all kinds of other media productions or media things, and um, you know it just seems like a, a pretty massive player. And and frankly, like you had mentioned, and I knew you would. I mean, we learn so much regardless um, as we kind of get into this. It doesn't matter whether the company's a startup or whether it was a big, massive player like Marcus Evans. 
you learn what you can and um, and you kind of like put the pieces together and and say if I hey do I want to stay here forever um, but was there ever that that time when you were at Marcus Evans that you started to kind of get that itch or started to think to yourself hey wait a minute I'm working for a big player and they're doing pretty well and you know did you ever have that thought back at those days to to kind of branch out on your own or do your own thing uh, not so much when I was at, at Marcus Evans. I mean, things were good. I mean, it was a big company. Right. Uh, I, I never dreamed I would uh, I would leave uh, the job. Uh, it got to a point where uh, I, I took my passion uh, a little bit further than most people would at the level that I was at. And uh, I, I'm, I take that same desire uh, today uh, with my current uh, role in the fact that, you know, the, the client's supreme. Uh, most big companies are looking at bottom line and really don't look at anything else. Uh, deliverance is not a big factor. It's really about you know making sure that uh, the books all balance out and that the profits are there. <laughs> I um, hear you. I, uh, hear I, I changed you. my philosophy uh, when I moved on to my next uh, my next company. Uh, there was a company that uh, that, I, that I started up and co-founded uh, after I left uh, Marcus Evans. It was a company based out of out of the UK called World Trade Group, yeah. and I just basically got on the phone one day and just you know, pitched uh, one of the senior executives, asked them if they would consider uh, branching to North America. They, they looked at my background. Uh, within a week, I was on a plane to, uh, to London, England, stayed there for, for about a week and a half, looked at the company, saw a couple of their events, and uh, within three months, we were up and running in, in North America. I started their entire division. Uh, they've changed their name since. Uh, the company's been bought out uh, once or twice anyway since, uh, since I left. And uh, it wasn't as big as a company as, as Marcus Evans, but we, 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 I, I did take the company to, to a, definitely a, a different level than they were. Uh, the company changed their name. A lot of companies change their names in the industry sure. due to uh, pretty much, uh, you know, I mean, overcalling and uh, not wanting to be recognized. Right. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's all about uh, perception. But let's stay with that for, for a second. I mean, that takes an awful lot of gumption on your part, and props to you. So, so what kind of you, you saw? You you looked at World Trade Group, and you basically said, "Hey, this is a company that I could, you know, imagine if you were their North American representative." I mean, tell tell us. I mean, that takes some serious guts. I mean, what was that conversation like when you when you get to somebody? Finally, they pick up the phone and like, "Who is this kid from uh, from Canada?" Well, they knew of my background. I was right. uh, even at the time when I reached out to them. I was quite well known in the industry, having been with, uh, with with Marcus Evans for for five years. Uh, they knew that I was uh, that was uh, a serious uh, executive in the industry. Right. Uh, you know, they they definitely were looking for someone that was grounded. Uh, timing is everything in business, as you know, and they they were they were ripe for uh, for for someone that was grounded in North America. They had thoughts originally of of, uh, of New York City. People always ask when I was with World uh, World Trade Group, why uh, why did you open up your North American headquarters in in Toronto? It was just a matter of that's where I live. Yeah, I could right. have been anywhere. If I was in right. Florida, it would have been in Florida. If I was in you know, if I was in Cleveland, it would have been Cleveland. It was just sure. that's where I was. Was. And uh, it was it was a gutsy move, but uh, the timing was right for them. The timing was right for me, and it was an opportunity to actually take a lot of my ideologies that I've that I learned over the years and and, and take it for them. And they didn't really have any uh, any presence outside of of Europe at the time. Now, both of those companies, Marcus Evans and World Trade Group or Industry Dynamics or whatever their their new name is, those are still viable options that are out there in the industry. They're they're still in business. Uh, Marcus Evans is uh, industry dynamic. Well, World Trade Group is no longer World Trade Group. 
They've recently changed their name to Industry Dynamics. Right. Uh, when I left the World Trade Group, uh, they went <clears> through a whole bunch of reorganization. I left World Trade Group to obviously uh, to start up uh, Next Level Summits. Uh, they subsequently... Uh, uh, basically dissolved a lot of their North American uh, business. And uh, I don't believe currently they're doing much, if anything, in, in North America. I think they've brought it all back. The new owners have actually taken it all back into uh, just Europe right now. Marcus Evans still plays in, in, a, in a global uh, arena. Yeah. And that's, you know, again, that's a great a great way to kind of tie up this first segment as we kind of lead into world or next level summits because I'd, I'd love to kind of, I know our, our, our listeners want to learn about that because that's really your bread and butter and that's in your wheelhouse. And so, folks, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, I'm going to be back with our friend Stuart Press and stay tuned. We will be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. Tune in to the Dr. Gladney Radio Show every week for enlightening, provocative, real conversations, advice, and tips that you can use to improve your life. If you feel overwhelmed, confused, stressed, or lost in the cycle of life, this is the show for you. Dr. Gladney and her guests will help you repair, manage, and create an amazing life. No topic is off limits and is discussed with real solutions on our show. That's the Dr. Gladney Radio Show, live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Ditch the Box with David Marinak. If you would like more information about our program, send David an email to david at standuppouches.net. That's david at standuppouches.net. Now back to Ditch the Box. Welcome back to Ditch the Box. We're chatting with our friend Stuart Press with Next Level Summits. So Stuart, let's go to the beginning of the Next Level Summits. What made you start? What was the need that you saw out there and felt that next level um, summits could fill? Um, I don't know that there was necessarily a need. What what made me uh, take the leap uh, of faith, if you will, was uh, at the point when I started uh, next level summits. I had already, uh, you know, about uh, you know thirteen, uh, twelve, thirteen years experience in the industry. Uh, a lot of good business contacts, uh, credibility 
was uh, supreme. And I felt that uh, my former two companies weren't really listening to the, the client's needs. Uh, I right. think it was all about bottom-line dollars. And while a business definitely has to run on bottom-line dollars, it's, it's the clients that drive the business and uh, keep you uh, fresh and up-to-date and, and ongoing. And I just really had to make a decision at that point of do I want to go with another big organization or do I want to just do something uh, and start it up on my own and make the final key decisions on what the industry is looking for. And that's how we started uh, Next Level Summits. You know, one of the things I was going to bring up further along in this interview, but it's it's a good point to drop in right now. You know, you've got this high retention rate uh, of of folks that come back every year. And I got to believe, and, I, and I'm not just blowing smoke, but I got to believe that because you are so customer focused, um, because you guys really go out of your way to make sure that there is um, everybody gets that benefit. It's not just I don't care whether it's a small company there for the first time or somebody who's been working with you for ten years. The point is, is you guys go out and your team really go out of the way to make sure that that customer gets value, uh, and that's the key thing. And you'd mentioned it. A lot of those bigger companies, um, you know, they're just pumping that stuff through. Here's another, you know, here's somebody else we can kind of, you know, get our uh, however much the ticket cost or or the event cost, but you really, I mean, that's kind of a, a cornerstone for your business. Is that a fair statement? It's 100% fair. I mean, the staple of our business is really the, the team that's around, around me. Uh, I've got uh, retention equally to, to our clients in the office. Uh, my staff have been with me, you know, uh, some of them 12, 13 years, some of them 8, 9 years. Uh, retention is key. Uh, every single uh, staff member of the company is really, uh, you know, sort of... Uh, you know, part of the company, a big, a big player in the company. Uh, we're a private company, so I mean, uh, you know, we we treat it as a as a uh, a family-run business. But more importantly, the, the 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 staff do have key say in what goes on in the business. And also, we don't outsource. I mean, most event companies on the market typically what they will do is they will outsource staff on site to run their business, more like event coordinators or local yep. staff members. We bring all of our staff down to every event, the people that our clients speak to on the phone that bring them uh, to the event via, via the booking process before the event are the actual uh, directors that they will meet at the event to take care of every need. Well, and, and I'm going to stay with that because I have from personal experience, and that's something for especially our listeners to understand if they're thinking of, uh, and they should highly consider next level summits and take a look and we'll go through all that kind of stuff towards the end of the show. But it is a big deal because um, for to have your staff that they've that the staff that you've talked with over the phone or connected with an email, because I don't care how um, efficient or organized or how much you spend to get to a venue, you're still at the mercy of that venue. And I don't care whether it's um, you um, you you need um, a, a, a phone charger or you need um, somebody to help you unload your your um, your display or your samples or somehow to help you with a to set up a a stand or get you know. That's one of those key things that make or break a good show for a lot of companies that are putting their money and investing their money. And you've got your team that literally jumps in there and overrides um, the hotel staff or the, the conference center staff. And that's a big deal. Because when you got to get there and you're trying to make sure that you make connections with potential customers or new customers or existing customers, you don't have time to screw around with, uh, you know, I don't have chairs for my booth or my display never got here or uh, I need box tape or a box cutter to open my stuff. You guys take care of all that. And that's a, that's a pretty big deal, just a sidebar, but that's a pretty big deal. 
Well, you're right. It is important. I mean, the clients are actually, you know, paying uh, next-level summits. They're not paying the, the venue. Right. Uh, they're contracted with us, and uh, you know we're responsible for their uh, their success. Uh, you know their 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 success is our success. I mean, you know that's always been the company motto, and uh, you know that's the way we uh, we roll. And there's there's not a staff member that won't do any any job too big or too small. Right. So well, uh, you know, yeah, we wear all we wear all right. kinds of hats on site. Well, and that and that's again, and that's that's one of those refreshing things. That's a bonus um, to me as somebody who's done this for a living, um, going to various trade shows and big and small or whatever it is. That's a real bonus working with Next Level because you guys, everybody's in it. They've got a vested interest to make sure that everybody kind of comes out of there with uh, business, business prospects, and good leads and good content and good information and and props to you guys because that's a cornerstone of what you what you guys do. Oh, thank you. And also, we don't, uh, you know, I, I don't hide from uh, behind the trees. I mean, you know, right. I get out there, although I don't wear a badge that says uh, president and CEO. Right. I'm at, uh, I'm, I'm basically available to, to clients at every single event. Uh, I'm out there, I'm up and around, I'm talking to clients, I'm finding out what people like, what they don't like, how we can make the events better. Uh, you know, the benchmarks are always set year after year, but, you know, you've got to raise them. Well, and that's a good tie-in here because I'm going to bounce back and forth a little bit. But you've got three main summits throughout the year. You've got the Food Marketing Summit, the Food Quality Symposium, and then finally your Food Evolution Summit. So what was the first of these summits that you had done um, back in the day? And, and, and frankly, just what worked and what didn't work at that, at that particular point? Uh, when we started the company, the first event we did was the, the Food Evolution uh, Summit. Uh, we didn't start off as a as a food only uh, event right. organizer. That just happened by chance. We our first event was a food evolution <laughs> summit. It was exactly what it is today. Nine years later, it's, it was R and D innovation product development. Uh, what worked uh, basically was, you know, uh, a lot of uh, you know hard work amongst amongst team members, going after top level executives, uh, delivering a product uh, that was on the market uh, being delivered but not really being executed. And right. I think the timing was right where people had, had, were familiar with the, uh, uh, with, with, with the product uh, ideology, but uh, we had a lot of challenges with being painted with the same brush as, as, as former companies and former events saying, we've done these events before, they don't really work, and really having to tell them how we differ and you know, how we're going to deliver the product to them. So it was really about standing behind the, uh, you know, behind the promise. That's a that's a good point. I'm going to stay with that for a little bit too, because a lot of us who have, um, and I don't care whether we're making sales calls to somebody who who say, no, I've already tried that, and just like you were describing with the Food Evolution Summit, where somebody goes, no, those shows don't work, and we're not going to waste our time. And for those of us that kind of need that motivation to stick with it, because there's a perseverance factor with this too, Stuart. You've got. You know, you got to really stick with it and kind of really stand behind, like you said, stand behind um, what it is that you're offering, and and that's a good tie-in to one of those things that I think is a really interesting part of your particular summits, where you've got this, you know, this appointment setting program. If people choose to 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 to, to decide to to get that or or opt in for that kind of thing, did you see that as a need for you know was that something you kind of took from those early days where you're saying hey if I could if I knew I could come there and get ten appointments or five appointments face to face with these people I'll definitely go was that something that kind of just happened? Uh, no, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't our. Uh, it wasn't our invention. I mean, uh, the, these one-on-one meeting processes were something we did way back in the early days of uh, 
of Marcus Evans. Marcus Evans wasn't the innovator of that either. There was another company that was uh, was the innovator of these one-on-one appointment scheduling. The only difference is they did the more speed dating, uh, where they basically sold you a large number of, of, of appointments, which became, in my mind, uh, unrealistic when you think that there's going to be between, let's say, 75 and 100 top executives in the food and beverage industry coming out to an event, and you're going to promise somebody you know, 50, 60 one-on-one uh, appointments, you've got to really sit down and think how, how uh, valuable these meetings are going right. to be. Right. Are these companies actually going to be looking for your solutions? Every company looking for a packaging solution just because they're coming to a marketing event or an R&D event. And that's where we took it to a different level and said, look, let's get a realistic number with our appointment scheduling. Let's make them quality meetings instead of quantity meetings. Yep. Even though sales is about, you know, you know uh, quantity, you've also got to have the quality. And we sat down and said, let's develop something that's more realistic. So we took the meeting processes to longer uh, length meetings. All of our meetings are a half an hour in length. They're all mutually agreed upon meetings. Uh, we don't have any type of timeshare where the delegates are forced into the meetings. So right. the buyers come out there. They, we ask them to pre-select meetings with, with uh, the service providers, and we try to make it as mutual as possible so we don't force people to do a meeting because there's nothing worse than just telling somebody you've got to do something if they're not right. really interested. And right. we're not doing any justice to our clients either. Right. Now, that's a great point. And I, and I, I, I saw it firsthand that it was extremely effective. Um, you had a lot of people that really bought into the, um, the convenience, uh, the ease, uh, when they go to a summit, especially the, uh, the uh, your organization, there it's a, it's a much more laid back experience. There's, it's not the speed dating like you said. It's a it's a very nice, comfortable place, whether it's a conference center or off of a a high end resort or whatever it may be. But it's very comfortable for people to kind of not take off their work hat, but just kind of set it aside. And you can have meaningful conversations with people and to be able to kind of really just dig into. And let's face it. I mean, the last thing anybody wants to do is have a meeting for the sake of having a meeting. Um, you want to have a meeting to see if you're a fit. I don't care whether it's a packaging fit or whether it's a, you know, a food product or, or ingredients or whatever. But you just want to, you know, is, is this a need that, that you may have and is this a need that I could fill? And and you guys and your program really make it very simple for people to kind of, you know, just kind of have those those comfortable comfortable meetings. Well, that's it. I mean, we're we're dealing with high end executives from both end from both the uh, the service provider side, people like yourself that were down there. You know, you're you know CEO of the company, and then executives that are coming down that are key decision makers in their firm. Right. You know, that they might not know that they need, they have a need of something until they actually get to the event where they speak to someone. And uh, they, they, they think that they could use the product and or a lot of executives are coming out there. They're, they're benchmarking to what they currently have. Is there something better out on the marketplace that I could be using? And that's really where a lot of the, uh, you know, the, 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 the contracts happen is, you know, fact-finding at the event and saying, hey, look, you know, I didn't know this uh, solution existed or right. I didn't realize this can actually be more effective and efficient for our company. And that's what it's all about. Well, you know, it's a, and it's important for us to kind of go into a little bit further detail because it's not just a, you know, your summits are not just uh, meetings. You've got these these fabulous speakers that come in with industry information, and so another real key cog uh, or pillar of your summits is is the level of speakers and content that you're sharing and getting people. I mean, that's not easy. Um, I don't, I don't, I just look at it from personally. That's not easy. To be able to get these these high level you know folks from I, I don't care who they are you know Smuckers or Hershey's or Quaker Oats or whatever 
I mean, that's something that, that is a real key bonus as well, because you're bringing in some real industry thought leaders. Well, that's what really stands us apart from almost uh, any industry out there that, that uh, we come head-to-head to, especially in our space, which is the food and beverage industry, is that most agenda programs are pretty much driven by uh service provider, vendors, right. consultants, uh, basically on the program, getting up there for a half an hour, hour, and, and pitching their products. We have a different philosophy. Where we're bringing practitioners to the industry that are talking about, you know, ways to to evolve your current product. We're obviously not going to get McDonald's coming up there and giving you the, their latest and greatest recipe, but they will talk about, you know, how they can, you know, how, what, what they've done and, and certain processes that they've put into place to, to accommodate the, the, the appetite for the attendees to be able to resonate with, with their uh, colleagues in the industry. And uh, that, that's something that we take pride in, the fact that majority of our conference are uh, practitioners and the attendees in the audience are like-minded individuals. And pretty much our attendees, anyone in the audience, could genuinely be uh, a presenter on the podium. And we've taken that level year after year where sometimes they become an attendee the following year, they become a, a presenter, you know, and so on and so on. You know, as you were talking, I was just thinking about the the, the latest um, uh, the food marketing summit that I had attended, and, and and how much you're absolutely spot on. The people in the audience, those of us that were there, um, really and truly, probably unannounced, could have could have gone up and given a presentation on their experience in the in the marketplace. It's that good. I mean, you've got those kind of caliber people. These aren't just people looking for free pens and pencils like those old days that we've all been at trade shows that are just kind of like, hey, do you get an eraser? you get anything free? Get some candy? Um, we're talking about some major league, um, the major league ability for, um, you know, for thought leaders to mingle with decision makers, um, to mingle with um, others in the industry to really and truly just kind of, um, you know, kind of, it, it just brings everybody together in a, in a very, very comfortable way. I agree, and we work highly on on referral basis. I mean, obviously, that's how we came about. You know, uh, one of our good clients and someone that I, uh, you know, I, I hold dear uh, has been a client of mine for 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 over nine years since we started the company. Uh, he actually referred uh, me on to you. So, yep. I mean, our yep. business is really built on on referrals, um, and that's how we built our, our 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 events and our products. Well, let's stay with that for a little bit because it's going to kind of it's a nice tie-in here to the different types of summits that you've got. So let's take a look at them. You've got the Food Marketing Summit. Tell us about the Food Marketing Summit. What is that geared to, and who is that geared to, and 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 who do you recommend that should attend to, to something like the Food Marketing Summit? Well, the Food Marketing Summit is basically geared to uh, all uh, executives in the in the marketing field, uh, food and beverage uh, companies. We basically cover uh, topics like uh, marketing, branding, uh, social media, insights, uh, consumer research. So anybody that's tying into any one of those areas would want to attend the Food Marketing Summit. It's a big area for the food and beverage industries. Obviously, they're always uh, you know, bringing products to market. Uh, they're always looking to uh, ways to, to, uh, to, to market their products and, and, and so forth. So those are the types of, uh, of, of the food and beverage companies that we get. And then the, the, the service providers for those events are basically your consulting firms, your, your ad agencies, your, your, your social media uh, companies, anybody that's trying to sell solutions and services to a marketing executive in the, in the food industry would, would want to be part of that. 
and, and you've got such a it's such an interesting cross section. And I'm just going to kind of follow up with what you just mentioned. You've got you've got people that are um, sh- sharing their their companies. I don't care whether it's other packaging companies or marketing SEO um, kind of platforms, but the majority uh, of those uh, there's there's I didn't see, from my experience, I didn't see any real kind of oddball company that just doesn't fit. You guys have done such a good job of just kind of bringing the 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 businesses that kind of you know accompany um, the the attendees that you've got. You know, for example, if it's Food Marketing Summit, you you definitely have marketing folks there. You definitely have. Um, food and, and 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 people that are intimately involved with it. It was it's a it's a very comfortable spot to connect uh, and a very easy way to kind of you know get information. Even those that don't have you know one on one you know interviews set up. There's a lot of good you know you don't have to have interviews or meetings with anybody. I should say um, you can just go there and attend. And and literally just you know make yourself available to meet with people you know um, I just want to make sure I confirm with our listeners you don't necessarily have to book any sort of uh, meeting package with anybody is that is that true? Oh, hundred percent. And we've got we've got uh, pricing points for every single individual in the right. industry, so we can take everything from small companies that are one man bands to large organizations that have thousands of employees. And uh, the beauty about our events is that there's, you know, nobody can really say that they don't have the budget to attend the event. Uh, we've got something for everybody. And like you said, and you're, you're, you're spot on, is the fact that it's a great way for somebody that doesn't have a large budget to right. actually come out there and be part of an event of this magnitude. And, and one such uh, company was a company that we actually caught through, through, uh, through a Twitter feed, which is a company that you do business with. I think it's, it's uh, the, I'll give a shout-out to, oh, to the, the, nutty the, nutty, the Nutty Redhead. And the Nutty Redhead, I mean, here's yeah. a company that could never dream of, of, of being able to rub shoulders with some of the biggest players in the industry. Right. Uh, you know, and, and that company came out to the event and had the same opportunity to hear from industry leaders, to network with industry leaders, to actually make connections with with industry leaders that right. could inevitably actually change the landscape of their of, of their business. And that's the beauty about the event is that you don't have to spend tens of thousands of dollars right. to be able to get value from it. We typically take companies from the ground level up and you know over the years they do want to bite off more and, and take larger packages as they move on, but it's not a requirement. Well, you know what, and I'm going to kind of add to that, and I think it's a good point, and I'm glad you brought that up because you know most companies, and this goes back to one of your early comments when, when back in the days when you were starting this, where people said, "No, these shows don't work. I've tried them before." Because you guys and your team are intimately involved, you've got your your ears to the ground, if you will, ears to the pavement, and you're looking for people who would be good uh, attendees. Um, you're looking for people, not necessarily to sell them a ticket, because the nutty redhead, you know, she didn't have the, the cash or the time to do this. You guys worked with her, and you were like, "Hey, you know what? You could benefit from being here. Um, just get here. We'll take care of the ticket." And those are the kind of things that um, you know you're not going to find when you're dealing with a big organization that, like you said before, is just worried about the bottom line. They're just going to pump through things. You guys were looking at more of hey, what if we brought somebody here who could literally change her direction or her world forever um, and the value that she took from it, because I know she's raved about it since the, the day she was there, 
um, were just the caliber of people that she was able to connect with. I mean, she would have spent 20 years trying to do that. And, and props to you guys, Stuart, because not many companies would do that. Well, we do it primarily because there's more than just uh, the bottom line, which is dollars, and we alluded to that in the beginning. What, what drove me to start the company was realistically a uh, passion for the industry. Uh, I'm one of the few people that have maintained uh, status in this industry for 20 years straight without jumping around from, from, from industry to industry, job to job. I've, I've taken a strong passion 20 years straight into this industry and developed a product for the clients. But more importantly, it's not just about trying to, to, to make a buck off a client. It's also saying if you work with a client and get them to be part of your event and yep. industry, what can they do for you? Outside of, you know, how can they publicize your company or advertise your company or who can they tell? And that's really building the business from a referral. So it's not just about taking a dollar today and saying, let's just put it on the books. It's about bringing companies on and and helping them as well. And then they will in turn, you know, uh, you know, help others. Yeah, and and she'll be back. She will definitely be back, and she'll, she's she's already raving about everybody. So, so let's let's kind of move into the food evolution summit. Tell us a little bit about that, um, as far as what kind of type of program that is, and what kind of companies go to the food evolution summit. Well, the food evolution summit is our first event that we've we've done in the company. It's basically R and D innovation and product development all tied into one. Uh, it's companies that are pretty much uh, you know they're they're evolving. Uh, products. Uh, it's it's about organizations uh, meeting up with uh, you know not only uh, ingredients and flavor companies, but uh, you know companies that have uh, various packaging uh, solutions. Because once you've got that product that's ready to roll out, you've got to make make sure that it uh, it's put onto the shelf uh, properly and it's 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 got the right you know uh, packaging to be able to. Everybody wants to sort of drive the most uh, you know shelf life out of their product, if you will. Uh, and that's where a lot of these scientists and R&D people come into play. Uh, it's, it's an event that basically uh, ties in well with the, uh, with the marketing event because after, uh, after going through R&D and innovation, which is you know, millions of dollars for some products to get to market and some of them never get there, right. you have to make certain that when you're marketing that product that it actually rolls out into, into a profit. And the types of companies there are basically, you know, the, the companies that are uh, that are more into the innovation and uh, and uh, R and D and product development of of the uh, of the industry. Well, and, and again, so many companies, and I see it, and I and I, I see it all the time, and I know you do as well. You know, these companies have, um, and and God bless them because they've they've got a great idea, they got a great product, they've gone to all these these great lengths. But then they there's usually that one piece that they either they don't have the R or they don't have the budget for marketing, or they think of their packaging at the last minute, or and your you know I could I could tell from the Food Evolution Summit, and I could certainly tell from the Food Marketing Summit that. You kind of bring in all those other pieces so people can really and truly, um, you know, hear, not only hear uh, from industry leaders on these things, but the importance of making sure that you've got all those key pieces to the puzzle. It does you no good to spend uh, your life savings to develop a great product and then, you know, just literally just stop um, and, and not concern yourself with your packaging or concern yourself with your marketing. Because uh, if you can't sell it, and or if you have a product that's not going to keep it fresh, um, and your product's not going to be in that flavor or consistency that you want, you're out of luck anyhow. So that's one of the things that they, I could definitely see the food quality. I mean, the um, food evolution summit really kind of bringing that together. Good for you guys. 
Yeah, they tie in well. I mean, we get a lot of uh, cross-pollination between the two events. I mean, they, they tie in uh, uniquely. Right. And let's kind of wrap up. The, the third one is the Food Quality Symposium. That's a, that's a, that thing is growing, right? That's the December. I mean, that's something that's really taken off. Tell us more about that. Well, the, the Food Quality Symposium is the, is, the, is the final piece of the puzzle. It's a necessary evil. After you've spent every you know, cent that you've got from developing a product, marketing that product, putting it on the shelf, the last thing you want is a recall. Right. And, I mean, that's where the Food Quality Symposium comes in. Uh, every company is governed by the, 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 the FDA, uh, the USDA. Uh, there's there's all kinds of uh, you know uh, companies that are that are bringing products from overseas, from outside of uh, the U.S. Uh, right. and so forth. And, and there's some very strong uh, policies that tie in with that. Uh, we take pride in having all the government agencies speak at our event. Some of the top uh, executives from these agencies take pride in being at the event uh, year after year. Last year was our largest event in the company's history, over 250 attendees uh, at, at, the, at the Quality Symposium. And like I said, it's, it's, it's an expensive uh, lesson to learn uh, after the fact. You want to come right. to, and whether it's our program or any program in food safety, you want to you be out there constantly to make sure that your company is mandated and being you know, safe. And, and our, our, our event touches on quality, safety, uh, regulatory. We've got vendors that are doing everything from traceability to, uh, you know, to, to all kinds of uh, consultancies, uh, um, insurance, and, and so forth. And, you know, from, from PR communications, uh, it's companies that are, uh, that are really staying on the forefront to make sure that their products are safe. Uh, anyone that reads anything in the food news knows that literally every single day, there's hundreds and hundreds of products that are being recalled for the smallest of, of, of oh, yeah. recall, whether it's listeria, yeah. uh, they become outbreaks. And, you know, some companies are getting hit with millions and millions of dollars of lawsuits. And unfortunately, people are dying from it. So it's something as simple as just being uh, diligent in, in understanding what needs to be done and spending the money to, to make sure it's right. And everything's evolving right in front of our eyes, especially in the food industry, not just in the recalls, but now we've got the uh, the labeling issues and the um, um, the things that are changing with the FDA and, and those kind of things. And, and to go to a particular program where you can kind of really um, get all of this information uh, right there, um, um, you know, in one spot has got to be a huge setup. And I can see why that one is definitely growing because that, that, that industry, the food industry is just, it's just kind of like every day is different. Um, and if you don't follow these, and let's face it, Stuart, and you've seen this and I've seen it, if somebody doesn't follow the instructions to the T, they can shut you down and you are flat out. Um, so there's no like, you know, board you can go and appeal to if, if you don't have the right labeling or if your product is not following the right formulations or whatever it may be, you're out of luck. Um, and, and knowing that information is stuff that they can get at your, your summits is a, is a pretty big deal. Oh, 100%, especially with, uh, like you said, labeling, uh, you know, ingredients that are going in now. Sodium is becoming a big issue where companies yep. are, are going to be mandating the amount of sodium that can go into products with all the allergens out on the market right now uh, that, you know, companies are, are, are looking at uh, covering every ground. Organic is big. I mean, the food industry is, is evolving. It's growing. It's, it's massive. I mean, uh, we, we, we anticipate hopefully having the Department of Justice at this quality event because nice. companies are trying to bring in, you know, counterfeit food, if you can believe that. You know, food that comes in across the border illegally, that doesn't go through inspection agencies and so forth. That's, that's rampant. 
<laughs> that it, it, all right. So if I'm if I'm new um, to the industry, um, let's just I'm just going to try to make sure that our, our our folks understand this. If I'm completely new to the industry and just starting out, the Food Marketing Summit would be where you recommend, or the Food Evolution Summit. Help us help us kind of tie that together um, for a startup, and then we're going to kind of branch into the mid market kind of thing. Well, it really depends. I mean, we, we cater to two types of audiences. There's the, 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 the delegates who are the food and beverage executives. They're the, the, uh, the end users, uh, the food and beverage companies, the manufacturers, the, the QSRs. Uh, so if, and those events are industry specific. Right. So again, it really depends on the functionality of the individuals in the company. How we recommend what event is good for them. We target specific executives. So the marketing event will be specifically marketing executives. We wouldn't call a quality executive and say, do you want to come to the marketing sure. event? Good when point. it comes to the service provider sites, service providers, we've got some companies that tie into all of our events. Uh, mostly, uh, if you, if most companies, if they're a service provider, they find that the, the food marketing event and the food evolution event are typically a good audience for their products. Right. Uh, because they work marketing and, and the, uh, the R&D and innovation people work closely. Uh, again, if it's, if it's a company doing safety and regulatory, they probably wouldn't have an interest in the marketing event. So really, how we target our audience is basically on who a service provider is looking to sell to, by what type of person they want to sell to. So the first question we ask is, who is the ideal person that you have to put your product in front of? And that we can determine then which event is best for them. And from a delegate, it's really uh, title-specific, job function-specific. You know, and it's uh, and I and I I could I could hear it in your voice, and and I could tell our listeners, you, you, it's, the proof is in the pudding, and that's exactly how you kind of go about it. And it's like you don't really pull any punches um, if it's a fit for for a, an attendee. Great, because you know if it if they go there and they have a bad experience, they're not going to come back, or they're not going to tell everybody. So you guys have thought that out ahead of time. Just kind of like be legit, be upfront. Um, and, um, you know, and it's, and, and that's the way you guys roll. And I think it's great. I think it's refreshing. Well, exactly. I mean, the companies, uh, speak on our behalf. So, I mean, basically, uh, you know, we, we don't have a lot of, uh, advertising. Uh, we've been told, uh, sadly that we're one of the best kept secrets in the industry. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be changing that moving forward with, with some marketing efforts in the company and, and so forth. But really anybody that goes on our website, looks at our, our, our videos of our events, it's, it's people like yourself and clients that really, you know, uh, have the tail of the tape of, of what we deliver. Well, we've got about five minutes, maybe six or seven minutes left in our program, and I want to make sure that we, we do touch on that marketing side of things because it's a big part of our program. You know, how are you guys and what are you doing going forward or thoughts, if you will, um, to are, are you trying to, to continually grow um, these summits? Are you thinking there's a cap that, you know, it gets to be unwieldy for you guys? What kind of marketing are you doing and what are your big picture plans for um, your summits in general? Well, uh, big picture plans for us are listening to our clients. I mean, uh, we're not going to uh, add any any new events to our portfolio. Uh, we're going to stick with the ones that have gotten us where we are. Yeah. Uh, our goal is to grow the current events uh, that we have uh, by ways of growing them, obviously, larger uh, attendees uh, to the event. We keep true to our number of, of service providers that we have at each event, so we're not looking to grow that level uh, too much. It will right. grow with the level of attendees, but again, we're not a, we're not a big trade show or, or you know one of these big conventions like an IFT where we're real specialized, high end. 
so our goal is to, to grow the events uh, that we currently have. Uh, we listened to our to our clients at the last event, which was some great insights and advice that we got, and we actually have now. Um, uh, started for each one of our events. There's uh, each event now has its own LinkedIn group. So the Food Marketing Summit has a distinct LinkedIn group for the Food Marketing Summit, where our clients, uh, anybody that's in the food marketing uh, or anybody that's in marketing for food companies, sure. can go on and actually become a member and you know post things and interact and and be a part of the uh, the conversation. And we want it to be ongoing. Uh, we've done one for every one of our events for quality for the Food Quality Symposium for the for the Food Evolution event. So it's no longer as it was up until about uh, a month and a half ago, just one NLS group because that really wasn't. Uh, relevant to a, uh, a safety uh, executive right. wouldn't have relevancy to what's going on in the marketing world. So we right. developed them to be segmented. So that's one area that we're, we're, we're definitely uh, looking to, uh, to grow is, uh, is our LinkedIn groups. Uh, we've just uh, deployed and it will start, uh, it started this month to have a dedicated in-house uh, uh, group uh, devoted specifically for uh, marketing and social media. That's I think good. Uh, we're a little bit, uh, you know, slow and, and not out there enough in, in the world of social media. Uh, I think we have to be more active uh, in the world of social media. You can only get to so many executives via the telephone. Right. Uh, people, are on, people are on the go all the time. They're not sitting by their phone waiting for our company to, pick, to ring them up and tell them about our event. So we've got to be active and out there by a social media. Uh, so we're, we want to listen to our clients and find out how we can become more active in the world of social media and, and areas how we can how we can get a better outreach. We're going to definitely try to partner with various uh, associations and, and and media partners uh, better than we have in the past. We have a few of them, but not enough of them to actually work on sort of, if you will, uh, somewhat of a barter system to say, hey, look, you know, uh, you would love to come. Anybody that's in a food publication right. would love to be at our event to be able to get access to the clients that we have for an interview in their publication. For that, all we're looking for is some some branding and, and uh, notoriety Smart. in their publication by an advert or, or a web banner or something to let people know that we're out there. Well, you've got the great product, and I think you're spot on with that because it's you know you're not starting this from scratch. You you definitely know how you know the the best way to pull these things off and make sure that they work and are seamless. My point with this is you know sharing that on social media. You won't have any problem with that. And props to you guys for thinking that way because that's how a lot of the millennials. Let's face it, there's a huge um, group of millennials now that are that are in these food spaces. I don't care whether it's their buyers or whether they're intimately involved in R and D or they're part of the um, um, the infrastructure structure of a startup, whatever it may be, but that's how they communicate is through social media. And, um, you know, for you guys to be able to kind of get that out there, you've got the, you've got the message, you've got the, the product. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, now tying it all together. And, and, and I could totally see that being a huge success for you guys. Yeah, well, that's what, that's our main goal. I mean, uh, we, we, we rely heavily on, on word of mouth and referrals. And uh, we now realize that we need to look at the bigger picture, which is the, 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 the social media world. I mean, definitely, you know, uh, being out there in the social media world and, and being uh, present on various outlets is going to become a much more visible uh, aspect of our, of our business uh, than just being able to reach a few people in a, in a daily basis. Without question. So as we get close to wrapping up our show, Stuart, I want to make sure that we kind of – so let's stay with this as we kind of get close to wrapping up our show. Where do you see the next level summits in the next, I would say, the next uh, three to five years? Uh, 
I mean, basically, we're going to stay on the same uh, same pattern. We do have some some ideas uh, how to evolve the events. It's really just about uh, being fresh, uh, being true yep. to what your your brand is, and uh, delivering a high end product. Uh, I think the the beauty about the, the 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 food and beverage industry, and that's all we do. We're one of the only companies that I know of uh, in the world that actually just does events in one area. Right. Most organi- event organizers dabble in every single sector. We only do food and beverage. I always tell people if you're if you've got heart problems, you probably want to go to a cardiologist. Right. Uh, if you've got uh, if you've got food and beverage issues, you want to uh, basically come to us. So uh, we're going to stay true to our brand and and uh, evolve our product. And uh, just make it bigger and better. I think the industry really is going to dictate on how we evolve. Uh, the food industry is is evolving on a daily basis. Right. There's always something fresh and exciting out there, from from you know different types of packaging to different ingredients coming to the market, to uh, different allergens, to you know to to uh, different food groups and, and so forth. That it's really going to be the market that's going to dictate on how we grow. Yeah, and, and I'll tell you, stand true to it. One of the questions I normally kind of wrap up a show with is some of the things that you're most proud of. And and I think you kind of nailed it there because you, you guys are just staying true. You're not going to branch off into some other um, you know, goofed up uh, industry. You guys know that you know the food industry and you're going to focus on that. And I love that staying true to who you are. And it's and it shows because you've got this high retention rate. People are constantly coming back. Um, they know they're going to get in tremendous value when they come to your shows. And uh, and and then again, good for you guys for doing that. I hope you'll come back, Stuart, uh, from time to time and let us know how things are going, how we can promote next level summits, what we can do uh, down the road. Fair enough. Fair enough. I look forward to it. I look forward to to seeing you again in in, uh, in September, working with we'll you. We'll be there. Yep, Likewise, we'll be there. I can do for, for your group, I mean, by all means. And I um, uh, thank you very much for, for, for yeah. partnering with us. Uh, that's great, man. Folks, if you want to learn more about Next Level Summits, it's www.nextlevelsummits.com and their phone number, 416-3, I'm sorry, 416-366-0001. Folks, thanks for joining us. Our show broadcasts live at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, Wednesdays on the Voice America Family of Networks. Each week, and we'll have a thought-provoking guest who helps us with their industry insights and lessons along the way. I'd like to thank my producer, Jamie Berling, our executive producer, Winston Winnie Price, and, of course, you for listening. Until next time, remember, packaging is the voice of your brand. Use it properly and watch your product fly off the store shelves. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to Ditch the Box. We're live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please join David Marinak for another great show next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network 
its staff and management. 